Today on the No City on the Sideline Dab Podcast, episode 24, I have a question. Can you teach your kid about money? And it, can it be fun? Also, learn something about money yourself along the way. Let's learn and have some fun with my guest, Joel Salcihai from Stacking the Benjamins Podcast. Next on the podcast. Let's do this. Welcome to the No Sitting on the Sideline Dad Podcast, a podcast about a journey of discovery and conversations about not sitting on the sideline of life. Let's get involved. Here's host Joe Foley. Welcome to another episode of No Sitting on the Sideline Dad Podcast. I really want to say thank you for being here. I know. As a dad, a parent, our time is limited. We're very busy people. And I want to say thank you for being here. And this is your first time listening? Hey, welcome. This is a podcast where I have a conversation about being a dad or stuff that curi- makes me curious. I guess as a parent, you want to stay on top of things and be curious so you can teach your kids new different stuff. There'll be topics related to being a dad and a parent. Let's get involved. There's no more sitting on the sideline. You got to get involved. We're all going through the same issues. I mean, I hate to say same, similar issues. We're kind of close. I love being a dad and, and a parent. And I know this stuff's not easy. I'm not an expert. I'm just like you on a journey. Try and take one day at a time in this crazy world. On today's podcast, my interview with Joel Salcihak from Stacking the Benjamins podcast. Where me and Joe talk about how to teach kids about money and how it can be fun and different. It doesn't always have to be serious talk, but make it fun. And also learn about some different apps that help keep kids engaged about money and budgeting. It's stuff that is really useful. So I don't want to hold you back because it's great information. So let's jump right into the interview. Today on the podcast, my guest is Joel from Stacking the Benjamin podcast, where Joe talks about personal finance. Welcome, Joe. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, I'm glad I made it. I can't believe it. Thank you for being here. Um, <laughs> I just want to, I guess we start off, you're, you're a dad yourself. What is, um, what is the, the, I guess, the, one of the best times you have with your two sons? You know, it's funny. Well, I have a son and a daughter. Um, yeah, that's all right. They, uh, y- you know, I think, I think the, the best times for us, like, of course, with everybody, your brain immediately goes to vacations that you had and those were awesome. And I could talk about those, but you know what it is? It's those little times when it's just my uh, spouse, Cheryl and Nick and Autumn and, uh, sitting around playing board games. I really thought that, that, um, those times when it's just the four of us and we're having a nice laugh. Another thing that we used to do, we would, uh, we had this book of poetry. <laughs> this is funny that, that was written by, or excuse me, uh, was, um, was, uh, uh, compiled by, uh, a famous actor and his name escapes me now. It's the guy from, uh, uh, third rock from the sun. And, um, he just played on the, the movie about, uh, about the Royal family. And he played Winston Churchill. There's people, oh. your listeners right now are screaming at their device. Oh, I know. I guess I guess I watched that movie too, but Winston Churchill, I'm like, Oh, I, I can, I can't think of the name. Yeah. It's right uh, 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 Jonathan, um, Lithgow. Lithgow yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So John Lithgow put together this book of poetry and we're not big, you know, I was an English major in college. Um, so I like poetry a little bit, but our kids, our kids were really struggling with poetry. So at dinner we would read a poem and, uh, from this book and he would kind of then have this discussion about it and we would read the poem. Then we'd talk about it. Then we'd read his discussion about it. Then during dinner, we'd talk through that poem. And that was, that was pretty fun. I I actually even thought of a third one, which is when we first moved to Texarkana, where I live now, eight years ago, my kids were just starting high school and they knew nobody, you know, and that process at that age is really rough of going into a brand new school where everybody knows each other except you. And uh, I knew nobody. Uh, My wife knew nobody. And so we all uh, I work from home, but but my family would all come home about the same time. And I would set like peanuts and popcorn up on, we've got like a little bar in our kitchen Mm -hmm. and I'd set peanuts and popcorn up and I made like a playlist of music. And we had this time that we called Joe's bar and grill time where it was kind of our family happy hour. And man, those were fun. And what's funny is that just kind of fizzled out as our kids started to integrate and get in with sports and with, you know, friends and stuff. But for the first maybe six, seven weeks we lived in Texarkana, I, uh, I, I really enjoyed that bonding time that we got. Well, I, it's funny that you said about your, um, your two kids and they were, you said they were twins. I'm a twin myself. Are you? <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny. I just had a, I mean, I can to an experience being a parent though, you must, I mean, I mean, I knew my twin. I used to always argue and instigate fights and stuff like that. I don't know if that was <laughs> my my daughter goes from uh, and and every parent listening knows this. My daughter goes from uh, level one to nuclear, and there's no middle. And and my son knows that, and so he will just pick on her just to watch her go nuclear. Um, and it's funny, he doesn't do it as much anymore. They go to two, they went to two different colleges and, uh, they're doing great and they get along great, but, but still, you know, when we did our last family vacation, uh, this December, uh, we got to the second week and they'd been together for a long time and he started picking on her again, like the old days. And it actually was kind of funny (laughs) because even as a dad who in the past hated it, you know, he's looking at me, he's looking at me in the back seat. The finger, driving. the fingers going around. They're not. He's not. I'm not touching. He's pointing at me. And then yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. D- d- don't d- don't cross this line in the back seat, right? And then my son will go right, just barely across the line that that my daughter drew. That's funny. I can remember that with my brother too. I was the same way. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I'm interesting is about your podcast, Acting Benjamin's podcast. I listened to it. Actually, you're on my playlist of all my podcasts. And um, they talk, I know you talk about finance and it's very interesting. I don't know if you want to talk about that. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, the, the goal, and this is important when you're teaching, when you're teaching kids about money too, is uh, the shows, the shows based on the science of play. Our goal is not to teach anything. It's to be more surround sound. So our inspiration was um, this, this NPR show car talk with these two guys click and clack that talk about cars. One of the guys just passed away, but the show is on for a long, long time. You can still download the podcast with back, back episodes of the, you know, old radio show, but you know, you can listen to, to car talk and you don't learn anything about a car. (laughs) You, You just have a good time with these guys. And I thought there's nobody doing that in the world of money. So it's a fast paced magazine style show. And the goal is if we can get people relaxed and having fun and just skim across some of the issues instead of being like Dave Ramsey or Susie Orman, who are some of the big names who are really gurus and want to be the last word for people. If we're instead the first word and we get you interested, 
um, by being playful, then you're much more likely to, to not be afraid of money. Cause a lot of people, a lot of people are afraid of it. And I think it's the same way when you're teaching kids about money, you know, if you play some things and bring money into the discussion and into the fun, then your kids won't be intimidated by money. How, that's a good segue, actually. Teaching, how about teaching kids about money? How can you make it fun? What, what's a good way of doing that? I was just curious. My son well, turned to certain age, and I'm learning myself. So, it is. It is definitely, and well, and that's an intimidating part there too, Joe. Right? Is that parents are intimidated by money, and if you're intimidated by it and you don't think that you're great at it, how do you teach your kid? Well, you kind of learn together, which is pretty neat. So it depends on the age. Um, but I'll tell you when, when I first got really, uh, uh, interested and we can, we can talk about younger kids because I taught my kids stuff at, at a young age, we can talk about older kids, but, but, but my whole thing about kids and money was born out of frustration. I would come home from work. Uh, when I was living in Detroit, I worked outside the house and I come home from work and every television is on. Every light is on in the house. My house is lit up like Disneyland, Joe. <laughs> and, you know, nobody's watching any of the TVs. Everybody's out in the backyard, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, I, and I thought, what, what are we doing? And, of course, the air conditioning's on and the door's open. So, <laughs> so I made this little energy challenge. Um, and and I, uh, uh, all we did, we took graph paper. And every month we, we got the, the, the utility bill. We got the electric bill. And we would plot where we were. Uh, on that graph. And it was amazing when we turned electricity into just something that we didn't think about into a game uh, where we tried to get a lower and lower utility bill every month. All of a sudden, my kids were, <laughs> they were hardcore, man. Like I would, I would leave a room for a second and I'd leave the light on and my daughter would be behind me, turning the light off behind me. And then I'd have to turn it back on when I walked back into the room. But, 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 but just gamifying that, that was, was pretty fun. So that was, that was not the first time I taught my kids about money, but that was the first time that I realized that turning everything into a game uh, would make it more fun for me and for them. That's interesting. I mean, I even see my my utility bill going. That's a graph. I mean, and I'm like, I always like to see when the lower number comes in, when the when the bill comes in, going, yeah, I, I lower than last month. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because you think that kids wouldn't, you know, they're not really invested in it because they're not paying the bill. But but even then, just just bringing them into that that's that's a cool thing. I also did the same thing at the grocery store. When you go to the grocery store, there's this there's the price of the item. But then if you look at the, at the, at the rack, just below the price, there's, there's a little thing that tells you like, tells the people at the store what's supposed to be sitting there and they have the price per unit. So as an example on toilet paper, they will tell you for each little square of toilet paper, what you're paying. And, and so it's funny because we would look at, we would look at the price tag. So I took my kids uh, to the store and, uh, and for most families, a trip to the grocery store with your kids is complete hell. They ask for a bunch of stuff that you don't want them to have. You get to the place where you're finally paying and, you know, they're either all over the store and you're trying to rein them in while you're also trying to check out or they're asking for all the candy in the candy aisle. Hmm. In, instead, when we had them first clip coupons uh, with us and look online, now increasingly online for coupons for things that we were already, already going to buy. So we make the list together. We clip the coupons together. Then when we're looking at the sales, when we look at the sale price versus other items that are that are uh, lined up next to it, we look at the cost. A lot of the time, the sale that we had wasn't as good a price as a price of a competing thing uh, down the aisle. 
So it, it became this really fun educational thing. And I would escape the grocery store with my sanity <laughs> and uh, with a little bit of fun, you know, with the kids who were really, man, it was funny how helpful they became too when, when, when we did it that way, instead of being, uh, you know, instead of working against me. What's a good, I mean, I mean, even couponing, couponing can be a, an art in itself. Yeah. Yeah. And it really can. And, and I, frankly, I'm not that good at it. Um, and, and I look at, I look at usually time versus money. I, I rarely recommend Joe that people do couponing, uh, because it, it just, you know, if I'm going to, if I'm going to spend 20 minutes chasing 25 cents, uh, or, or a dollar versus spend that same amount of time out earning a dollar, doing what I'm good at, I'm not going to do it. But with kids, it's a whole different thing. Because with kids, now I'm teaching them, I'm teaching them that for them, heck, you know, they're not earning any money, right? My kid's not going to do something else at that time. So it's something constructive I can do with them that saves the, saves the kids some, some money. You know, Target has uh, the Cartwheel app, Mm -hmm. which is pretty fun. We have an Albertsons grocery store that we, which is a, which is a, a, a big regional chain, but I know Kroger has the same thing. They have their app. So we make the list. I send my kids to the app if they're old enough to know the app. If not, you know, you grab the Sunday paper. They still have coupons in the Sunday paper that you can physically cut out or look for deals. And um, and I send them on that goose chase. That probably starts around seven years old. Uh, pre, yeah, pre seven, you know, it's, it's, and even at seven, it's a little tough. But, um, but around seven, that's when I think you can really start getting in there with some fun grocery store family activity. It's it's, uh, it's fun. I mean, I take my son three, Daddy, Daddy. I want that. No, no, you can't. Right. But right. But but, but you know. It, oh, can I have a treat? No. <laughs> What's that? I'll tell you. I'll tell you what's fun with kids, and maybe it's a little older than three. One of the first lessons that we did is just the difference in types of money. So we take different coins, and as soon as I know the kid's not going to put the coins in their mouth anymore, uh, you know, we start looking at because you know people don't realize your kid doesn't understand that even though a dime is smaller than a nickel in the United States, it's worth more money. Um, and, and, you know, you see these jokes about, you know, a kid, a kid gives, uh, you know, does a trade with somebody else, uh, one dime for three pennies. Cause he thinks three is more than one. Mm-hmm. So heck I got three pennies and I gave this guy this one little tiny thing and you, you end up losing money. So we started talking about the different denominations and that that's cool on a couple levels. It's cool because you're working with numbers. So anytime I can work with numbers, a one, a five, a 10, uh, you know, for, for different bills. And then for, uh, one penny, uh, nickel with five pennies, you know, is worth five pennies. A dime is worth 10 pennies. Those are kind of fun. And we would, we would just put a bunch of coins and bills into a bowl. And then we'd have, we'd have our kids take one out and they would both try to guess, uh, what that was worth. Um, and that was a fun little game. Well, it's fun because now, I mean, nowadays it seemed like um, a lot of people use like debit cards and pay for their right. groceries and stuff like that. It almost seems like cash and coins are going away. I don't know. Right. If I don't know if that's, you see the change. I, I mean, I very rarely have cash. I always seem to use my debit card. I'm, and I don't know how to keep kids about that stuff too. Well, and th- that's a big problem, right? Because kids don't get the tactile feel of money. And it's also a problem 
uh, age-wise because I'm 49 years old. I grew up in a cash-based system. And when people started telling me that I needed to teach my kids about plastic, well, you and I know plastic is horrible, right? I'm not going to teach my kids about plastic, but, but you're right, Joe, all kids know now is plastic there. They're, and in the future, there's going to be, there's going to be less and less cash out there. So I have to teach them plastic uh, because that's their reality. So I like this thing called uh, FamZoo. Now, the bad news about FamZoo is there is a little fee that comes with it, but everybody in your family gets a debit card. And you load the debit card from directly from uh, uh, dad's bank account. So the cool thing about FamZoo that I really like is that it's not, they, the kid doesn't really have a separate account. What FamZoo does is it kind of partitions a little piece of your account and gives the kid access to a little bit of yours. So there's really not a transfer that happens. Uh, the, um, you can do some cool things with FamZoo. You can give kids allowances using FamZoo. I really like the interface. You can have them track stocks, let's say, the, as, a, as a family, you decide to track Microsoft stock. You can put an amount of money in their account that kind of tracks the stock and then the, have the amount of money go up. Now, the bad news is you've got to continually put more money in to, <laughs> to track the stock going up, right? You can pay kids interest on savings. In other words, if I say, hey, I want to, I want to give my kid a 1% interest rate or a 5% interest rate or give them a bonus, I can pay bonuses out, pay interest out. I can also see the second that they spend money using their debit card, I get as a parent, I can see everything that they spend. I can help them set up a budget. Um, so, so FamZoo has a small fee. I don't remember what it, what the fee is, but it's not big, but it, I think that's the premier, um, place to teach kids about money using plastic. I'll make sure I have that in the show notes. That sounds interesting. I want to check that out myself. Um, another thing, I guess, um, teaching, well, how, what is too young? What is the age appropriate just start um, teaching kids about allowance. Would it be appropriate? I was curious. Boy, well, uh, this is the most. I'm I'm groaning because this is the most controversial area. Uh, everybody has an opinion about allowances, right? <laughs> um, and and I like starting allowances young, and I like them so even at even at five years old having having an allowance, and then on that grocery store visit, kids can spend part of their allowance now. A few things. I don't believe, I don't believe in giving allowances for chores that are chores that that help out around the house. You help out around the house because you're a member of the family, right? Uh, uh, the allowance, the allowance has nothing to do with being a member of this family. It's 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 for other stuff. And actually, a friend of mine. Um, she has a, a fun website for kids and teaching kids about money called the heavy purse. Uh, Shannon Ryan, Shannon talks about, she has a, she posts a jobs board. This is pretty neat. So, so she doesn't give a set allowance per se. She posts a jobs board where I need this job done. Uh, talk to mom for details and here's how much it pays. I need this job's done. What a great I need this one done. And as kids, yeah, right. Great idea. And, and so then the kid, yeah. And then the kid applies for the job. The kid applies for the job. The kid tells Shannon how the job's going to get done, and then um, she inspects the job, and then she pays. She pays based on the job. I never did that. I paid a set allowance that was that is, and this is where people are going to start coughing. I, I pay per week double the amount of money that the that the child uh, of the child's age. So, in other words, a six year old, twelve dollars a week. And I know there's somebody driving down the road. 
or they're out on their run or walk with the dog and they're yelling at the radio right now, Joe, going, going, what the hell does a six-year-old need $12 a week for? <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing. Yeah. They don't. They don't. Yeah. Yeah. They, they seriously don't. But here's the deal. Uh, personal story. When I got to college, uh, uh, I... I walked into Mark Clark Hall. I was at the Citadel, the Military College of South Carolina. And I walked into Mark Clark Hall. I'd never really been, my parents, wonderful people, never taught me anything about money. Uh, and I I was never trusted with more money than I needed, than I quote needed. I walked into Mark Clark Hall. There was an American Express table. They were giving away like a stadium blanket if I signed up for an American Express card. Uh, to make this long story really short, within two months, I completely destroyed my credit. I'd only been away from home for two months and I destroyed everything because I wasn't trusted with, with that kind of money before. And when I finally had it and I'm 18 years old and I'm my own, I'm doing stupid stuff with an American Express card. So, so kids don't need it. And if you're only going to give a six-year-old $12 a week, you're doing it wrong. Cause what you have to do the bigger emphasis is on the parenting half of this, which is my kid has $12 a week. Now, when we go to a movie, Junior has to buy their own concessions, has to buy their popcorn, which, as you know, is every bit as expensive as the movie now. It's crazy. Uh, uh, if they want something at the grocery store, they have to buy it themselves. If they go to birthday parties, they buy the gift for their friend. And so instead of just saying, hey, can we get my friend the super duper gift that costs a lot of money? And I don't care because it's not my cash. Junior's buying it with their cash. You go to you take the family on a trip to Walt Disney World where every single or even a regional theme park where every single ride ends in a gift shop. Well, they take their money and uh, and they use it for that thing. So saving money for big events that are coming up, having that discussion and then uh, deciding to wisely spend money. And here, here's what's going to happen, Joe. And this happened with my daughter. My son and my daughter spent money completely differently when we started this, this program. My son was a money hoarder. He still, he still is. You give him five bucks, it is gone. And he will look you in the eye and he'll say, yeah, I don't have any money. Yes, you do. I just gave you five bucks. And I don't have any money. So... <laughs> He's, he's always going to be very tight fisted. My daughter blows money the second she gets it. My, or she used to rather my initial inclination as a parent was to stop her from doing that. And I'll tell you the way that my daughter got better with money was I didn't stop her because I can either have her make a dumb move with $5 today or $10 or $15, or she's going to make a dumb move like I did with $500. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so teach them with these smaller amounts. And, and I knew she was buying junk at the store that was going to be destroyed immediately, or she would never play with it, but I let her buy it. But then it, here's where the parenting came in. Two weeks later, I had to circle back around and say, Hey, you have no money now. And where's that thing that you wasted your money on? Oh, it's broken. And it's in the trash because you bought junk. So what, what are you going to do differently next time? And we'd have a fantastic discussion. And, uh, my daughter's still a spender. But man, she is thrifty. Uh, she, 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 she loves clothing, but she shops at, at uh, thrift stores and she has a budget and she makes sure that she has an emergency fund. Um, it's a pretty amazing kid. How do you, um, since our budgeting, I mean, they mentioned budget, how do you, what's the tips on teaching how to budget? I mean, that's a big issue. I think as some parents don't really know how to do it because never really taught it and how they right. teach their kids. Right. Parents don't do it themselves, which is why I like having, I like having a family meeting about money and I like involving 
kids in a piece of that money, a piece of that meeting. Um, because first of all, budgets are about communication first. It's about saying out loud what our family's priorities are, what it is that we've got coming up on the calendar, and then making sure we have a plan for those things. It can be a line item budget. Like most people, when they think budget, they think line item by line item. It doesn't have to be that. It has to be, hey, uh, uh, my daughter's name's Autumn. Autumn, you're going to this birthday party in two weeks. Uh, how much money do you want to spend on your friend's gift? X amount of money. How much do you have now? What other things do you have coming up and making sure that there's money there for those priorities? Really, that's all budgeting is, is making sure that you have a fence around your money so that you can play like heck inside the fence, but you know where the fence is. The big problem with a lot of parents and with kids is nobody knows where the fence is, right? Yeah. Um, and, and at its heart, that's, that's the budget. Now, I'll say this, a lot of times... In a family meeting, parents will have some serious talks about serious things going on with family money. You don't want to scare your children at the family meeting. Uh, don't involve them in things that involve bankruptcy or involve, you know, I'm not sure how we're going to make that payment, how we're going to keep the lights on. That type of stuff is mom and dad stuff. But certainly the things I talked about, like the utility bills and the uh, the credit card bill coming in, whatever bills there are, uh, talking through the bills and, hey, the money comes out of our checking account uh, to get that. And what's our strategy for these things coming up? We've got school clothes coming up. We've got this other thing coming up. What are the priorities involving the kids and having them hear those discussions, I think, is is really valuable. I was curious. Um, a lot of uh, I use a I um I think it's Mint for my budget. What are some good apps for like budgeting, family budgeting? Yeah, I really like Mint. Mint is good. Um, the cool thing about Mint, if people don't use it, that I really liked when I used Mint, uh, and and the other one I'm going to give you does the same thing, and I think it's even a little more robust. Um, I like the fact that Mint would tell me at a restaurant when I went over my restaurant budget. So what's cool is, is that, and you already know this, Joe, if you use Mint, that you can set parameters for each part of your budget. And so if I'm at a gas station and I just spent more money than my gas budget allows, Mint will send me a quick uh, text that says, hey, you're over, your, you're over the line. And, uh, and that always makes me groan, but in a good way, because once again, I know where the fence is. I like this cool newer app called Clarity Money. Clarity Money was was developed by uh, Michael Dell's brother. You know, Michael Dell from the Dell Computer Company. Uh, Adam Dell created Clarity Money. And this this app is growing like a weed because it's mint on steroids. I think it does a better job of giving you suggestions about how to live uh, about how to live your life. Uh, It gives you better um, better ideas for, hey, you did this with your money. Here's something you could have done that was that was uh, was a better idea. It also is a little more well-rounded. So Mint is, Clarity Money is also free. Uh, so I, uh, I, would check, I would check out either Mint or Clarity Money when it comes to budgeting apps. By the way, um, I talked earlier a little bit about FAMZU. Mm-hmm. For, for, for parents out there and for older kids, I like uh, Chime Bank. So Chime is this, is this, is this internet bank. It's a bank account. And it, think about this. When's the last time you actually went into a bank? <laughs> uh, a long time ago. Chime does this cool thing that a lot of people might know Bank of America does this. 
Um, but but Chime's not the evil empire like Bank of America is. Ch- what 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 Chime does is uh, it comes with a debit card, like every checking account does, or every saving. You know, uh, uh, most accounts have a debit card. But when you when you uh, when you buy something using that card, you can round up. So let's say you round up to the nearest $5. You can, you can tell it where you want to round up to the next $5, the next dollar, whatever. And then all the money that got rounded up in a week, uh, chime gives you a 10% bonus on all that roundup money. So the more money that you round up, uh, to move into your own personal savings, whenever you go out and spend money, um, the more money that you have in your pocket. And so that's a great introduction for older kids. Mm-hmm. Um, once they get past FAMZU, you know, maybe, uh, late high school and college age kids. And then also for parents, heck, if I can have a bank with a debit card and I can teach myself good savings habits by rounding up my bills and saving the difference, that's a good thing. Oh, it's always good when it's money in the, in the bank savings account. That's a good yeah. thing. I check that one out. I, another thing I'd like to talk about since you're in the personal finance is, um, how is any good tips on get rid of debt? Like people have personal debt, like credit cards, car loans and stuff like that. I just wonder if you have any, any tips on that. Yeah. Great question. Because, you know, most people listening to this have debt and, and there's, there's, there's two issues with debt. I'll give you some hacks today to help people get out of debt, but really we want to look at the root of the problem because a lot of times when I, back when I, I was a financial planner for 16 years and when I was, a, when I was doing that, I would help people get out of debt. And if I didn't give them the tools to handle the real problem, they get right back into it. So we need to we need to really focus on why did you get into debt? And that that involves a lot of the stuff we already talked about, Joe, having the budget, know where the fence is, living inside your means, um, setting up, setting up a budget that works for you. Usually it's communication, but for some people, it's a line item budget where, you know, it's like a series of envelopes. I've got $20 in the envelope for this, $50 in the envelope for this. And once I go over, well, I can't go over, uh, that envelope has that amount of money. The, uh, when you get out of debt, people do a few things wrong. They, they make level payments to all the debts. In other words, I'm going to put $50 toward every single debt. That's bad. The second thing is they let their emotions get in the way instead of uh, doing the logical thing. Um, uh, In other words, I really don't like this company, so I'm going to pay them off first, even though they have a really low interest rate. Or I took a loan from a family member at 0% interest and I have all these credit cards. I'm going to pay the family member off first because that will make me feel better. Uh, okay. Uh, you know, your family member, it's, it's hard for a family member to disown you. <laughs> uh, and don't get me wrong. There's sometimes where you have to pay the family member off, but usually the family member is going to be a little more lenient. The credit card company's not. So, uh, we want to attack one debt and normally it's going to be the debt with, with, uh, the highest interest rate first. Now I'll tell you when we don't do that at the beginning, we might need some wins. So, I might encourage someone to attack some small debts first and get them paid off because people behaviorally, people get this great feeling when they pay off a debt, Uh, you get this huge feeling and that makes it so that you keep doing it so that you keep getting out of debt. Um, So pay off either uh, small balance ones or go for the one with the highest interest rate first. Once you get one paid off and just focus on one. Once you get one paid off, take the money you're putting toward it. Let's say you're putting $50 a month toward a visa and you got it paid off. 
take that $50 and add it to the minimal amount you were paying on MasterCard, and now you're leveling more money. And this this method, Dave Ramsey, who's a big finance guru, calls the snowball method, where every time you pay off a loan, you're adding that to the snowball, and the snowball is rolling faster and faster, and, and, and you get out of debt. Um, but pay as little money to the man as, as possible. Also, if you have money that's in collections already, mm-hmm. don't collection agencies are a real pain. They'll call you over and over and they'll harass you. That's fine. They've already done the damage that they're going to do. Once a, once a bill gets written off and it goes to collections, it no longer hurts. Well, it's already hurt your credit. It's not going to hurt it any more than it's already hurt. You need to stay current on the other stuff. So I generally would tell people stuff in collections, do whatever you have to do for them at a minimal amount. But then the, the, the stuff that's current, make sure that stays current because when it comes to your credit score, staying current on your bills is a number one. Okay. That's an interesting um, way of doing that. And, and it's a very good tip, actually. I'm, I'm really interested. I think a lot of people get um, some good information from that. Yeah, it's it's getting out of debt is is all about controlling your mind, right? Because it's so frustrating. It is, and it seems to take people forever. We've interviewed people on our show where they've paid off a hundred thousand dollars in credit card debt, and I just I can't imagine having a hundred thousand dollars in credit card debt. But good for them to to get out from under it. Yeah, a hundred thousand dollar credit card debt seems like you're just like looking up, and it's like in the bottom of the ocean, looking up top, and you can see where you can get out of the ocean where the air is, but it seems like a long swim up there. Yeah, yeah, but it's a little like that story about eating an elephant, right? Just focus on one bite at a time, baby. Exactly, one bite at a time. <laughs> um, I was just um, wrapping up, I guess. Um, final thoughts. Anything you want to like? Um, anything you want to think about, or before we wrap it up? Yeah, you know what else I like for families, and I, I mentioned this just a little bit with my kids, Joe. I love board games. Um, and board games are a great way to introduce kids to money and economic concepts. So um, there is an older version of um, of of Monopoly Junior. I'm not a big fan of the game Monopoly, but I do like Monopoly Junior a lot. And for my kids, that taught them how to make change. Um, it taught them the difference in the value of different bills. I like an older one, which was a uh, it was a theme park. Um, and you can still get it, even though that's not the current, the current version in print, but that's my favorite. I also like for older kids, there's a cool game called stockpile, which is like an introduction to stocks and bonds. Now, none of these things, Joe, work the way that the world really works, but the goal, once again, much like, much like the stacking Benjamin show, you're just trying to get the kids interested, right? You're not trying to teach them everything all at once. You're, you're just trying to get them Get, get get their wet their appetite so they they want to have the serious discussion uh, later. So stockpile is is a fun game um, uh, for kids. There's a cool game called Acquire, which is like uh, mergers and acquisitions. You're you've got companies and companies swallow other companies. That's for older kids. Um, a fun game called Modern Art where art prices go up and down, you, you bid on painters and depending on how, you know, how prestigious this painter is, it might be worth more money or worth less money. Um, uh, I really, I really enjoy board games when it comes to teaching kids about money. Uh, I don't like games like Monopoly because they're really cutthroat. Um, there's, there's a whole new world of board games out there. A great resource is a, is a website called boardgamegeek.com. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, millions of people go there a day. It's amazing how many people love board games. I was surprised when I first found Board Game Geek, but if if all you know is the target aisle of board games and you've never heard of games like Settlers of Catan or Ticket to Ride, some of the new new games out there, you're really missing out on some real fun. Well, I had some thing when I had to say, I had to say I was just I just actually talked to the grand cashier at the grocery store this weekend. Before I used to work at a grocery store and um and they just when they when I first left there about 17 years ago just put the machine in for when I, when she gives you change you can see the dollar bills the coins it's not like in the old days you had to think about it and they and the lost out of counting change back I guess Monopoly was right the lost and it's like you count the change back I'm like they don't do that anymore they just see pitches and they hand you I know. Yeah, isn't that isn't that weird? I remember I remember being in uh, second or third grade and we were having this cool discussion about the future. And listen to this and this, you know, this this is old guy talk now, Joe. But they but but they were telling me about how you wouldn't ha- have a cashier. You would just scan your stuff and you could put it in the bag yourself. And I thought there is no way we're ever going to scan groceries ourselves. That is amazing. <laughs> That's that's the most incredible thing ever. But you're right. Nobody nobody uh, nobody makes change anymore. And Monopoly Junior is really good at teaching that. Oh, there's another one too. I like a instead of Monopoly, I like a game called Power Grid. Where uh, speaking of utility companies, you're growing utility companies across the United States. And at first, it doesn't feel like you're playing Monopoly. But after you play a full game, you're like, well, th- this really is Monopoly. So. <laughs> Hey, I, man, I have a long list of uh, links I got to put into the show notes. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm really messing messing up. No, 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 no. I, I appreciate it because <laughs> I got a lot of stuff I want to check out tonight once I have an opportunity. Um, well, uh, final, I'd say final thoughts um, where they can get in touch with you. Sure. Uh, the Stacking Benjamin Show is every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We're lucky. Kiplinger Magazine, which is a big magazine in our area, Personal Finance, called us Best Podcast. Uh, we're up for an award um, in August, uh, uh, Best Business Podcast at the Pod- Academy of Podcasters Awards, which are going to be in Anaheim in August this year. So um, uh, I think that means that it's a good show, Joe. I hope it's a good show. Good we work hard on it. Yeah, but thank you. But we work hard at having fun. So uh, people that are worried about uh, getting super duper great advice, our show is not the best place for that. We jokingly tell people that if you learn something listening to the Stacking Benjamin show, that's your own problem. Keep it to yourself. <laughs> uh, but 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 if you just want to have money surround sound and have it be more of a playful listen, well, then Stacking Benjamins is a good place to go. Well, thank you very much for being on the podcast. I really do praise Joe. And um, I say thank you very much. Thanks a lot, man. Have a good have a good day. Well, that's all I have for this episode. I want to say thank you for joining me. The Note Sitting on the Sideline Podcast. I really want to say thank you to Joel Salcia from the Stack and the Benjamin Podcast. I really learned a lot today. I hope you did too. Some takeaways from different apps and budgeting and different ways about talking about debt and how to teach kids how to about money in different ways. Go check out Joe's podcast over at stackingthebenjamins.com. I guess learning a lot from this today, I need some work myself. And I really take away a lot of useful tips and apps. You can find all the show links in the show notes about all the apps we talked about in this episode. Also, you can find this episode at nosittingonthesideline.com slash 24. Please comment on the podcast. All comments help improve the podcast. Or you just want to say hello. Right over there, too, especially if you look at the screen, there's an app called 
Speed pipe. Leave a message. I'd like to hear from you. Well, you can find all my contact and social information at no sitting on the sideline.com slash contact. It's nice. Reach out and say hello. I really would like to talk to you. So please subscribe to my email list and find out about what upcoming guests and information about the podcast. Well, thank you for your time. Until next time, have fun. Get involved with your children. Life is short. Connect to many people you can and enjoy life. God bless. Take care. See ya. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Please subscribe to the newsletter to receive updates of the show and helpful and useful tips. This has been a production of Foley 42 Media. Foley 42 Media.